need upon your heart today, a burden that is there. You got a situation that you're just saying, Lord, will you just come to me today? Will you just reveal yourself to me in a mighty way? I, I, I need you to come pass by me. Speak to my heart, Lord. Don't pass me by. Father, I pray that you'll do that today for every heart that reaches out to you. Lord, may they listen closely because you're calling out the names of your people today. You're identifying us in the scripture. You're helping us to know our placing and seeing ourselves in the prophecy. Lord, we know, God, your word is being fulfilled in this hour. We want it fulfilled in our lives. And we're just saying, Lord, pass by our way. Speak to us in a, in a great, powerful, living way. Revealing yourself to us through the word, God. I pray, Lord, that you'll speak. Today, Lord, may it be a day that we can walk out of here and say, we heard from God. God spoke to us. He spoke to me. Revealed himself to me. I pray, oh God, that you would do that. Bring healing and deliverance to your children. Salvation and understanding. Lord, bring enlightenment to your word. Lord, shine on us, Father. Illuminate the truth of your scripture. Make it real to our hearts. Heal our diseases, Lord. Save us from our afflictions. Lighten our burdens as we cast our burdens upon you, knowing that you care for us. I ask, Father, now that as we look into the Word of God today, that you'll minister to hearts and lives, and you'll just step forth from the pages of the Bible and make the Word live among us today. We need your anointing. Without it, we can do nothing. We're asking God that you would anoint us now as we read the scripture, as we go forward in your name. We're just believing, Lord, that you'll just speak in a tremendous way today. Let your word be illuminated, our hearts be touched, our lives be changed in Jesus' name. May today, Lord, this service have eternal consequences. We ask it for we believe in you in Jesus name amen and amen God bless you it's good to be in the house of the Lord today and we want to welcome you today and thank the Lord for his goodness to us and his grace in our lives man we we miss our young people and probably 75 75 or 80 people that we got over in in the Dallas Texas today that are out um, the young, young people and their chaperones and those that attended there. And we just pray that God will bless them in a mighty way today. Amen. And I pray that the Lord will anoint you to make up for them. Amen. We need your amens and your rejoicing in truth. I believe we got truth to rejoice in. You know, I, I found a couple of little nuggets here as I was uh, studying this week and little quotations from um, the message Queen of Sheba and, and the other one is um, from, a, from a sermon uh, very similar to that one uh, as far as year and time as eagle stirreth her nest. This actually was in Beaumont, Texas, this one. And, they, and I, I wound up um, 
you know, just placing them kind of in over into my notes and just at the top of my page to find a place maybe to use them uh, as I, I, would, I would go through different things and look. And uh, I wound up leaving them right at the top of my notes. And I didn't realize that till I was just about to walk out that I hadn't done it. So I'm going to start with them. Amen. And so it says from the Queen of Sheba here, oh, what if the Christian church today could believe the gift that God sent them, the Holy Ghost? What if they would receive it? What if all denominations would rally around the Holy Spirit as Israel rallied around Solomon with that gift? The Holy Spirit is a gift to the church and the church turns it away and shuts it off with our doctrines and our theologies and things and our man-made creeds. And we shut Christ right out. And we don't let the Holy Spirit come in. No miracles, no shouting, no speak with tongues, no praises of God. Well, if the Holy Spirit done that in the book of Acts, it'll do the same today because it's the book of Acts. And the, the book of Acts is not the Acts of the Apostles, it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit in the Apostles. It's the same Holy Spirit in the church today. It would act the same way. It would give the same results. And why accept a substitute when the skies are full of real Pentecostal power? We don't have to have a substitute. We can have the real. Amen. And then as in the eagle stirreth her nest, he, he speaks about an eagle in the cage that he was born to be a son of God. Creeds put him in a cage. God wants him out. Oh, he was born. That was the work of man that put the eagle there. But it's a, and it's the work of man that puts you in them creeds and denominations. They're all of the devil. Yes, sir. Creed a man down. Days of miracles is past. No such thing as joy of the Holy Ghost. No such thing as shouting. No such thing as speaking in tongues. No divine healing. Oh, my, it's pitiful. Sons of God, born to be free, then caged down. I tell you what, we need to walk in freedom today. Let's go to the book of John chapter 1. We'll read from verse 1. Here we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Parallels, the four, the four gospels parallels, the four living creatures of the lion, the man, the ox, and the eagle. So we're going to hear from the eagle here. And the eagle is a prophetic anointing and here... As you know, as he goes back to in the genealogies of Jesus, he doesn't start with Mary and Joseph and tracing back through David and whatever, but he says this when he goes to the genealogy of Jesus. And this is your genealogy. Your genealogy doesn't go through Mary and Joseph and David and Abraham and that in a natural way. Your genealogy starts right here. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God and all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehendeth it not. There was a man sent from John, from God whose name was John. And the same came for witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. 
That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. The world was made by him. The world knew him not. He came to his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. We're going to be speaking today on the supernatural birth of the word. We're going to be looking at a supernatural birth. Now, starting here at the beginning of Jesus, we find that, um, of course, as it speaks of his genealogy, it goes beyond the natural man and the natural flesh. And he goes back and traces where that he came from. And so it says, in the beginning, God. And and as it speaks of this, it gives us the earliest glimpse that we can get of God. And, and that's in the beginning where the invisible God, the spirit, began to move out toward the tangible. And the invisible then was, from there, from the invisible, there was birth the word. And of course, in that form, we speak of him being the son of God. In that he came out of the invisible. But different from man who gives birth to another and to a separate individual, the individual, or the invisible and the word was God. Now, the, the invisible God dwelt in the word and from the word, every living thing that was made and every non-living thing like the earth and soil and trees, uh, of course, is a living thing. But, but uh, you know, every tangible thing would be brought back by the word of God. And each particle was an expression of a part of God through the spoken word saying, let there be. And so through the release of the word there, as the word came out of God, and here it would begin to create and would bring forth light, and out of the light it would bring forth a substance, and out of that substance the earth would come, and the, the sun, the moon, the stars, and everything else, and then, then of course he would bring keep on creating until he would bring forth the son in his own image. Now, um, this, this son, though, was truly a son, a son in the manner that we humans think of a son because a son is separate from his father. And, and, um, but this son was um, separate from God in that he was not God. He was of the God life, and he was of the God's likeness. But he was a little God upon the earth with power that laid within his tongue to, through which he ruled the world. He, until after the curse, he did not rule by the sweat of his brow, by his cunning mind of uh, trapping and snaring animals and, and uh, living by the sweat of the brow, tilling the soil. But by the power that laid within his tongue, 
by the word of God, he moved the trees. He said, he spoken to this tree and moved it. How do we know that? Because when the son, the second son of Adam, or the second Adam rather, came, well, he did the same. He spoke to the tree and, and it, it quit having life. He spoke um, and, and created and he, he would pull from one and make another. And, and this, this is what he did as a son of God. Now, and we know this would happen with Adam there as a little God upon the earth with a power within his tongue through which he ruled the world. And then, of course, we remember and know how sin entered and man fell when he mixed the unbelief with the word. And that, of course, brought forth a hybrid life. And that we are no longer in that original image of God as with immortal life, but we have mortal life. And everyone that is born in this world, we're born hybrids. We're born of doubt and not of faith. And we're, we're, we're sexual born and born into sin and born into death. We are born to die. That's our first birth. And But I, I want you to know that True religion won't let you remain a hybrid. Amen. That's why you must be born again. But again, you know, we, uh, with our first born birth, we were born of the flesh. As the Bible said, is, you know, um, that we were born of the, of not, of, we were born of blood and the will of the flesh and of man. This is how we were first born. But the second birth, it is not a birth of the will of the flesh or blood or the will of the, of man, but it is of God. For as many as received him, he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So you see, again, we, we uh, uh, can believe on his name because we are born of him. Any son of God is born into the supernatural. He is born by the supernatural. A lot of times you have men that criticize, for example, divine healing. Well, how can you keep from believing in divine healing when it's the very nature of the Holy Spirit? is a very part of his redemptive work and what he did at Calvary. So every man that is born of the Spirit of God, he will have to believe in the supernatural because he is a part of God. He is an offspring of God. Just like when you're born, you can find traits of your father. You got a, maybe you got a nose like your dad, a mouth like your dad. Well, you have a right to look like him. Because he's your father. So if God is your father, we have, a, we have a right then to favor him, to be in his likeness. Amen. To believe in the supernatural because we are born of the supernatural spirit. And outwardly we might be a man of clay or a person of dust. But inwardly you are born of the spirit of God. And having a supernatural being in there, that supernatural being hungers and thirsts for his heavenly home yonder. Amen. So it, it looks into things that the eye cannot see and the supernatural and believes in things that you cannot obtain by the physical flesh of man. Now if we come an offspring of God within our soul, then, then our soul has got to be something like on the order of God. 
It believes the supernatural. It can believe anything. It can believe for anything. You see, if a man's come in contact with God and you talk to him about divine healing, for example, you know, sure he believes it. But, you know, do you believe in miracles? Sure. Because why? He's a part of God. And he believes that anything can happen with God. Right? Amen. So when he's born of God, he becomes a son of God. And the supernatural power of God dwells within him. And, and so we know we have a supernatural God. We have a supernatural life. And a man that is born of God has a supernatural spirit. And that, that supernatural spirit believes in the supernatural. Amen. And, and we, it, has, um, it believes in a supernatural heaven. It believes in a supernatural rapture. It believes we're going to be changed supernaturally from, from in, a more, in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. If a man's born in the spirit of God, he can't help but believe that because he is a supernatural person. And so, you know, that's the reason, though, we have so many of these cold, formal, indifferent, God-forsaken, backslidden churches because we got too many that are not filled with the Holy Ghost. And all they know is theology. And that's the reason you can't get them to believe anything because they're just filled with theology and not filled with the Holy Ghost. But let me tell you something, that every man that is born of God, he is a miniature creator. He has the Spirit of God in him, which is a creator, and so that makes him a miniature creator. He can create an atmosphere for faith. He can create an atmosphere for healing. He can create an atmosphere for salvation. That's what ought to happen when saints of God get together. They ought to create an atmosphere where the supernatural takes place. Amen. That because, you know, we are in the image of God. God is a creator. And that's the reason we can believe God can heal. Because God is in you and God made the world and he spoke it and it became material. And so therefore we know that the very ground we are living on is God's word made manifest. And, and so again, he brought it into existence by the word of God. And we know we can take the word of God that speaks of our healing and bring healing into existence. We know we can take the word of God that speaks of salvation and bring the Holy Ghost right to a person. We know that we can speak the word of God and we know things are going to happen. The earth is going to shake. Demons are going to tremble. Amen. The power of God will work out of the word when a believing Christian takes that word and places it in his lips. Amen. Mountains will move. Amen. Demons will flee. The blind will see. The deaf will hear. The sick will, will receive of their healing. The lost will be found. Hallelujah. Amen. And they'll not just be found. They'll be delivered. Are you with me? They'll be delivered. That there's no, nothing that the devil put upon their lives that can hold them back. They are sons and daughters of the most high God. Man that is born in the spirit of God, he is an offspring of God. Part of God is in him. He believes every word that God said will materialize. 
Amen. So that makes him a part of God. It's the Holy Spirit in the man that makes him a part of God. Then God is your father. The problem is we have too many that are born of the church rather than born of the word. Amen. Now, as Brother Branham told us in Spoken Words Original Seed, he said all God's sons must be the same. To be born of the word and the spirit brings us back to the spoken word again, like in John 3. To be born of the water and the spirit, what does it do? It brings you back to the place you should have been at the beginning. Now we know that at the, at the beginning when Adam fell and man was been, been birthed sexually instead of coming as Adam came by the spoken word of God, and this is how a son of God was to, to bring life in, was by the spoken word of God. But when man fell, man fell and became mortal, living in a mortal life. And so we were born wrong. Every one of us were born wrong. This is why Jesus said, you must be born again. Every person must be born again to go into eternal life. Amen, it's a birth that births you into that life. A birth births you into human life. A birth births a dog into dog life. A birth births a, a, a cow into the cattle life. Amen. A birth of son of God will produce another son of God. When God gives birth, he's going to give birth to his own. And it'll be a son of God like he is God. Now, so again, we have a lot of problems here today. We've got a we got a nest full of rotten eggs. We got a lot that have never been germatized. Amen. We have too many that have just been sitting in the nest for a long, long time. Amen. And they, they don't have life in them. Somebody with me right now? Amen. This is the problem that we have today is the church is, is not been with the mate, Christ Jesus. You take an old hen that hadn't been with the male. It's not good. I don't care how much she mothers over the eggs, how much she warms them and incubates them. Amen. It's not going to hatch. She'll have, when it's over with, after all her efforts, she has a bunch of rotten eggs. This is what the Bible said in the book of Revelation, that there's a cage of ever unclean and hateful bird. And that's what the church becomes. Backslidden people. People that are calling themselves saved and still living dirty lives with alcohol and tobacco and drugs and sex sins and pornography and everything else is because that the church has left off being with the mate Christ Jesus and the eggs are not germatized. So you bring forth Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian or Pentecostal, but you don't bring forth Christ. If you hadn't been with the make Christ Jesus, been born of the supernatural, you can't believe the supernatural. And when a man's born of the spirit of God, God's a creator, he's a part of God, and so therefore he's going to be like God. He's an offspring of God in his soul, and he, and he bleeds for the supernatural. And you can, you can know that it's, it's the truth. Now, I, want just to, I just want to take a few moments now as we look here. Because we're, we're living in a time where we're at the end age. 
we're at the last age of Laodicea. And it is a time where Christ is put outside the church. Now, it's not that they're not, that they don't make a profession because they're still professing to be the church. But Christ is not on the inside, he's on the outside knocking. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's actually been put out because he was once in the church. But Laodicea shows he's outside the church and he said, I'm standing there knocking. I'm asking to get in. Now, what a day, what a problem we're having today. Look where we're at in time. Look at the problems of the age and the troubles that we're having in this time. We're in a very serious hour. Amen. This is a time of great darkness upon the face of the earth and confusion everywhere. But now, let me just go for a moment. I want to take a few times, and and I'm going to have to wing a lot of this today. And I'll maybe tell you why a little bit later, but, um, but I'm just going to kind of wing some of this as we go along. Let me just preach. Let me just preach from my heart for a moment. Let me just tell you, uh, you know, exactly where we are in time and what is happening. You see, every revival that there's been has produced twins. The twins would start in heaven. There would be two archangels, Michael and Lucifer. Amen. And, And you know, Lucifer would, of course, begin to... Um, he was, he's actually, a, the Bible calls him in Ezekiel 38, a, a covering cherubim. He was to be one of the angels that protected the word. Like depicted on the, on, on the, um, um, the, the holiest of holies there upon, upon the, what is that called? The Ark of the Covenant. And there with, there with that Ark of the Covenant are two angels, two cherubims. And their wings would overshadow the word. And he was to be one of the overshadowing cherubims, a protector of the word of God. But the Bible said he began to look upon himself. And he began to, he began to think of what a great person, what a great person that he was. He began to lift up his self and he began to have a thought different from God's word. And he began to hybridize the truth. So he said, I will exalt myself. This is Isaiah chapter 12. I will exalt myself above God and all that is called God. I'm gonna put my dominion over God and everything else. It'll all be under me. And there, as he began there, he began to preach and he deceived angels. Now, he's a great preacher. The devil's a great preacher. And he deceived angels with his preaching. Are you with me? And they were cast out of heaven, down to the earth. This is where we get demons and powers of darkness and rulers of darkness in high places. This is where that we get where we get demon oppression and everything. They're fallen angels. Once, once messengers of God, but fell from their estate. 
Now, then I want you to notice it comes down to the earth. He comes down to the earth and what's he find? He finds there's Adam and one right next to Adam. Now, the one right next to Adam is a serpent. He is the, he is the most subtle beast. He's not a serpent. He's not a snake on the ground yet. That don't happen until after the curse. He's not a snake in the tree. He is a beast of the field. And he is very cunning. And he's ta- he can talk. He has intelligence. Come on. This, listen, we're not some Greek mythologists that believe in a, in a magic apple and a talking snake. No, sir, God created and he brought up and here the serpent was right next to man. He could reason, he could talk, and there Satan entered in him to deceive by. So now you've got twins on the earth. You've got Adam and serpent. Everyone, both of them are saying, yea, hath God said. Both of them are saying, God told me this, and the other said, God told me that. And he believes the lie of the devil. Amen. And the fall takes place. The same thing as the fall happened in heaven, now the fall happens on earth. And now we're dealing with fallen man. But it don't stop there. You have two twins with Cain and Abel. The Bible said that, that, that she conceived and brought forth Cain and then brought a, again her, his brother Abel. And then what happens next? There is a contention between the seeds. Where, where does the fall take place? At the worship. They come to the altar to worship. And God shows what he receives and the kind of worship that he accepts, which is blood, and the giving of life, amen, portraying Christ and what will come there. And he shows what he will bless as, the, as he recognizes Abel's sacrifice and refuses Cain's. And Cain knows what God wants and he knows what God accepts. He can see God's vindication, but he refuses it. So he sees a supernatural move and God's acceptance, but he refuses the supernatural for his own works. Now, of course, what happens is there's a persecution takes place. Now, as we, are, as we come down to this for a moment with this persecution that takes place, here we come where Cain kills Abel, but now it moves on from there because every revival produces twins. So the next place, and this is where we're going to deal a lot with today, is Ishmael and Isaac. Now, they're not twins in the sense that they're born at the same time, but they're two seeds of Abraham. Now, God will use Abraham and his seed to project everything he's going to do in redemption. So we call Abraham the father of our faith. And we can look back and we can see the journeys of Abraham and the stations of his life where God brought him to. And we find that he was a man in the era of the Chaldeans. He was a Gentile and a heathen worshiper like everybody else. But he got a divine call. And God by predestination called him out of the heathen and said, come walk with me. 
and I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a promise and I'm going to make of you a great nation. Now, as we look at this for a moment, we can see as he does, he comes to this divine call and that is justification. You see, that's where the church has been in the great restoration process. It started with Luther. The just shall live by faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And they started out there believing, walking with God, coming back, heading back to the promised land, which is the Holy Ghost. And as they're, as they're heading back or heading to this promised land and, and whatever God is praying, bringing him through different stages of the journey and then he will bring him up to the blood age. From there, the blood age, he will bring him to the altar. You see, he didn't know how to worship until God taught him how to worship. And he would tell him, go make me an altar. Come give me, you know, offer this sacrifice. I'll meet you here and God would meet him there and there he would, he would build an altar, worship God, offer the blood. This again is the stage the church has come through. We come through the Wesleyan revival where the church in his, in his process of restoration has come to that and, and in this restoration process that learned it was the blood that sanctifies. And so they will wash their robes in the blood of the lamb to make them white. And by works of righteousness they do and and wash them in the blood, they become sanctified. So they've moved a little closer now. And and they're, they're coming into the promise. Now we come to the Pentecostal age. And there in the Pentecostal age, we find that he makes the promise of El Shaddai, which... We'll get to it in a little bit, perhaps, where he, he says, just come nurse from me. I mean, I am your strength giver. I'm your life giver. I'm El Shaddai. I'm the almighty God. I am your provider. I'm your need supplier. It's all in me. Now, but the problem is that it was brought before the early Pentecostals, and, and instead of doing it, it was like what happened in the days of Sarah and Abraham, Sarah decided through reasoning that she could not bring forth the promise. She was weak in faith and it produced an Ishmael. She said, let my bondswoman, let my bondswoman, which is a type of denomination, let it bring forth the child. I can't do it. I don't have the faith to do it. I'm too old. I've been waiting on this promise too long. She made all her excuses and her unbelief produced an Ishmael. Yet it was a seed of Abraham. Now, so instead, instead of nursing from El Shaddai, just before they come to El Shaddai, which is the God Almighty in, in Genesis chapter 17, what do they do? They grab the breast of a denomination rather, rather than, the, than the real breast of El Shaddai. And so what happens? It left it there bringing forth a wild man who wouldn't be subject to the word. Somebody with me now? So let me explain as we just kind of go over it again, that God has brought us like Abraham, called him out of Babylon. 
brought him from the earth of the Chaldeans, took him across the Euphrates. Now that was justification as the church moved toward greater revelation of God. And, and then God taught him how to worship by blood and Wesley brought out about sanctification, washing them by works, their, their garments, and making them white in the blood of the Lamb. And then we come to the Pentecostal age. And I want you to understand, we are in the age of Pentecost. There's the era of many around the message today, they don't know where we're at. We are in the age of Pentecost. This is the day where the day of Pentecost fully comes. All the types that have spoke of it is now being manifested. Now, so again, this, this is where the real twin, though, comes into manifestation. Because here would come the supernatural as the word was coming to view for people to be born of. And just before the supernatural takes place, what happens? They take instead a natural approach. The working of Abraham's strength and his own works. And it produces a child that is an Ishmael, not the promised child, and God never recognizes as the one he had spoke about. He says, in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And man, I, you know, this, this one came out of your own works. The, the one I'm doing it comes without your works. It comes by grace alone. It comes by the power of God. It comes by supernatural birth. Now, here was God about to offer himself as El Shaddai in this age of Pentecost where God, where the bride was to return to the bride she was at Pentecost. This is where the church was to return to the bride she was at Pentecost. In other words, the original grain that was planted would come to harvest again. The seed there would be seed here. So here God was going to offer himself as El Shaddai, the breast of God, where the birth would come through the word. And, and, and he, he said, nurse from me, the breast of God, Old and New Testament. Here the word would be revealed, the full word would be uncovered, made known. Come on, church. Amen. And from there, a word from the word bride would come a child born of the supernatural, not a child born of works. Amen. Whether it's the works of a man walking down and accepting, joining a church, that's works. Where it just says, well, I believe the message and I accept this doctrine, that's works. Where it's a worked up emotion, that's works. Amen. But this child would be born of the supernatural. Apart from the works of man where God comes down and bursts him by his spirit. Amen. Without, without man's efforts. But of a creation. Because when the word brings forth this a new creation. It's not the molding of a man. It's not the learning how to dress. It's not learning how to do good works. It's not learning anything. It's being born. And when you're born, his life is in you because his nature is in you. It comes out automatically. So we had 
it began to break forth as the Spirit of God was poured out in this age of Pentecost. And, 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 and we had the Azusa movement. But instead of producing a child of the supernatural and Isaac had produced a child of the bondswoman, just another denomination. An Ishmael. Now, if you look with me to um, Genesis chapter 16, verse 7, the angel Lord found Hagar by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the, by the fountain in the way to Sir. And verse 6 of 10, it says, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed, that it shall not be numbered for a multitude. Notice, this is going to be a multitude without number. Now, when it comes to the church, it's not a lost bunch of people. They come up in Revelation chapter 7 out of great tribulation. They missed the rapture, but they're there. They're given a part. They're given an inheritance. They're given a portion. And, and, and they are great people, a multitude without number, who do works of, towards salvation, of washing, physically washing their robes in the blood of the Lamb to make them white. But I want you to understand that's not how you are dressed. You're dressed in white too, you're, but by a royal grant. Revelation 19, he said, and it was granted to her to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. Amen. One did it by works, the other it's supernatural. It is a grant. It's something they didn't work yourself into. It wasn't something they tried to earn. It wasn't something they did on their own. It was a grant given to them by God, by grace. Now, John saw them come up through great tribulation, not having the Holy Ghost, but works of justification, sanctification, a multitude without number. You see, there is a bride, and she's going in a rapture. And there's a church who's going to go through tribulation. And the difference will be the supernatural. Because I'm going to tell you, you cannot on your own make yourself go in a rapture. We cannot own our own with physical means bring a resurrection. It's supernatural. We cannot change our bodies on our own. Nothing we can do. Nothing science can do. Nothing we can work ourselves up to. We can't shout our way to it. We can't dance our way to it. It's all supernatural. Now, 1611 it says, and the angel Lord said to her, behold, thou art with child and shall bear a son and his name shall be, yeah, you shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard thy afflictions. Now, you probably don't know this unless you really were a Bible student studying it out and just, contemplated, maybe did a little search. But this is the first time, the first time, the very first time, 
that an angel is mentioned in the Bible. And it comes to Hagar. A bondswoman. Notice, what's now, it's in Abraham's group. It's in Abraham's church. Are you with me? But it comes to a bondswoman. And it comes concerning Abraham's seed, an Ishmaelite, an Ishmael. Now, you know, I, 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 want, I, want to just, I just want to say something about it. You know, the, the angel of the Lord that has come in our day, because we know it's come. 1946, it appears to a, 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 a man, a prophet of God, and it, it gifts him and sends him out with a message. Guess word that it went to first? The Pentecostals. Amen. The angel first came to Pentecostal. You see, the Azusa Street Pentecost wrote the first books a man sent from God. Amen. A prophet visited South Africa. They're the ones that took the first sermons as the eagle stirred their nests and the 11th commandment and different other ones and began to print them. They're the ones that made the campaigns and set it together and it was in their churches that it happened. What I'm telling you, the angel came first to Hagar, the bondswoman. Now, but, but notice what they did is, Brother Bradham told us, he said, they denied the supernatural birth. You see, they took speaking in tongues over the supernatural. You say, Brother Tim, the super, the speaking in tongues is supernatural. It can be. But that's not what they had. They worked it up, getting people down the altar, shoving them on the back and jabbing their chins and getting them to say a word over and over. And it was a work of man and not the work of the Holy Ghost. But what were they doing? Trying to wash their robes with works. Now, there is a real genuine speaking in tongues. And it doesn't come by jabbing your chin. It doesn't come by somebody saying, Jesus, 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 until they have a confusion of language. That's not the way it happened on the day of Pentecost. Amen. It was supernatural on the day of Pentecost. And it's got to be supernatural when God does it. Are you with me? It's not a learned behavior. I've been in charismatic meetings where they, where they say, okay, everybody right now, raise your hands like this and just start saying whatever comes to your mind. I'll speak of him later a little, a little bit, you know, but I listened a little bit to John Osteen, who was the father of Joel Osteen. And, 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 and he, he started moving from the Baptist into a charismatic Baptist in 1958. And I'll talk about that a little more later, but there he said, the first word I got from God was ta. So I said, ta, 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 ta. You see, you see, it was men with an earnest desire to see the supernatural, to see the promise come to pass. But what they do, they took a manufactured a manufactured tongue, something you can do by your own works. And you can work up 
you can work up dancing or shouting or, 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 or crying and, or, or speaking in tongues. or You can work up any of that. And you can also work up a theology. Or just accept this creed. And if you say you believe this, and you know, if you, if you claim to believe that, you can work up any of it. It's all works. And when it does, it bursts an Ishmael. So now, here come Ishmael. He came by doctrine, by man's own efforts to bring it to pass. Remember, Sarah got this idea. The weakness of her faith produced an Ishmael. The weakness of the church's faith produces Ishmael's. It produces the bondsman receiving the seed rather than the true woman. It produces hybrids instead of the original seed or the promised seed. Now, so Ishmael came by Sarah disbelieving the word was for her. She believed. Now, listen, this is where a lot of people do it. They can believe Jesus can do it. They can believe Jesus did it. They can believe he opened the eyes of the blind. They can believe that he can work the supernatural. They can believe, come on somebody, they can believe he can heal the sick. They can believe he rose from the dead, but they can't believe the church can do it. And Sarah was good at believing, oh Abraham, it's for you. It's for you. You can do it. You know, there's many of them around, around today that believe the prophet can do it, but not you. They don't have enough faith to believe the promises to the church. They'll say, they look back and say, oh yeah, he could do it. Yeah, it happened then. And those kind of things produces Ishmael's. Because people desire, the church has got to give birth. And so, you know, to bring this word to pass, we manufacture either doctrines and creeds or emotion. Now, I want you to get it. I want you to understand something as we look at Ishmael. Because Ishmael does not represent a lost people. It represents a multitude without number who go through the tribulation or are given life at the white throne judgment. Read Revelation 7. They're children of the bondswoman. But now I want you to hear this for a moment. You see, the, the, the angel showed care for even Hagar in Ishmael. I, I don't want you to miss that point. It's too important. The angel showed care, benevolence, love, understanding for Hagar and her offspring. Now, he would, he would come in Genesis chapter 16, verse 12, and he will be a wild man. And his hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. So to literally say what the Bible actually said in the translation, he'll be a wild donkey of a man. 
That's what the Bible calls him. The Bible in the original Hebrew says he will be a wild ass of a man. And his hand will be against everybody and everybody's hand against him and he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. And what look at him today. 40,000 different denominations and every one of them's right and every one's the ones that's going to heaven and everybody else is going to hell. Why? Their hand's against everybody. You see, he was a child of the bondswoman. But God is determined. Would you understand a determined God? He is, that Ishmael will not be heir with the free. That there is a rapture of a bride of Christ who is the church and then there's a church that goes through the tribulation and they're not gonna be heirs together. Now, let me tell you again, I want you to get it. God blessed them. God blessed Ishmael. God made him a mighty nation. You know, you look around and you say, well, they got mighty buildings. Yes, God blessed them. They got big congregations. Yes, God blessed them. They even have miracles. Yeah, God blesses them. He, the angel cares for them. You know, a, a, a lot of times people are surprised because they hear somebody out there, you know, a miracle happened. Don't get surprised. The angel cares for them. You know, God did mighty miracles for all Roberts. For A.A. Allen. And Brother Branham mentions a man by the name of John Osteen. He calls him Brother Osteen from Texas. But it was John Osteen, the father of Joe Osteen. John was about the age of my mother. She said, boy, he was born in 1921. He'd be 101 years old now. In 1958, his daughter Lisa was born with cerebral palsy. And he had a hunger for God and for more of God. He longed, he began to long for the God of the book of Acts. He was a Baptist believer. But he said, there's more to it. There's, there's more to it than this. And his, his daughter was born in 1958. Daughter Lisa was born with cerebral palsy and, and having a hunger for more of God and determined to know God as a healer. He did not accept what the doctor said, that she'd never walk, she'd never crawl, she'd never talk, she'd never be mentally able to do anything, and he would not accept it. I think that's a good policy. When we hear the doctor say something, that's his report, but what did God say? Who hath believed his report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Amen. If you believe his report, the arm of the Lord's gonna be revealed to you. That's the whole thing. You'll never see the arm of the Lord till you believe the report. You have to believe that he is and that he's gonna reward those that diligently seek him. You have to realize he's going to be your healer and that his word is true and it's for you. Remember, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, not that he was, but that he is. Not that he's going to be, but that he is. We can look back at yesterday to see what God is today. We can look in the future and know he'll be that in the future. Is that right? 
Amen. But he didn't, ref- he didn't accept the doctor's report. The doctor said, your daughter will never live. It'll never, it'll never thrive. And, and he hungered more for God, you know, there. And, and, and so he said, you know, we're going, to, we're going to take God at his word. Doctors can't help us. So he anointed his child with oil. Him and his wife prayed over that child and believed God. And it was a process. But today she's a well woman. Man, she's a well woman. She has a ministry. She, she's been a missionary. She's, been, she's done a lot of works. Why? Because her dad refused to believe the doctor's report. And later his church in Houston would grow up to between eight and 15,000 people. And, and, and his emphasis, if you ever listened to him, which I did because I just got curious about it, after, you know, hearing some of Joel Osteen and Joel speaking, I thought, well, what does daddy preach? What does daddy preach? Because he refuses to preach on hell and sin and evil and wrong. And he just preaches on God's blessings and faith and the feel-good message. And I said, well, what does daddy preach? And so I went back and I listened to his daddy, and his daddy His emphasis was on receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he said, he preached, uh, you know, you receive the new birth first. And then, and then after receiving the new birth, which he believed he had done in the Baptist church, he got a, he got a baptism into the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. And, and so this is what he believed. He believed the supernatural, and he saw it work. His wife, his wife Dodie would come down with terminal cancer. And with terminal cancer there, they would pray the prayer of faith. And now she's in her 90s, still cancer-free. Under his son Joel, the emphasis changed now to faith building, feel good message. And it's grown. They got a stadium full of 35,000. And they're praising God for that. And I thank God for every soul to help. Every person that attends. Amen. I'd rather see them in there than in the bar room somewhere. Amen. But I tell you, these again was the children of the bondswoman. And the supernatural was there. You can't deny it, but they were never born of it. I'm going to get to this here in a minute. Even even Abraham, he wanted wanted Ishmael. When God said, I've got something better. I've got a better plan. I'm going to do something supernatural. He said, well, he says in Genesis 17, 18, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. He begins to immediately say, God, make out of Ishmael. You know, I've already got a seed. There's already, you know, bless this, bless this, bless this work. Take it in the rapture. Take it through the chain. Do for it. And God said, you know, there he said, as for Ishmael in verse 20, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him. I will make him fruitful and multiply him exceedingly. And 12 princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. Are you with me? 
Amen. This is what he said. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to prosper them. I'm going to use them. Amen. And they can say, well, listen, the angel came to us. The angel gave me my name. Ishmael, he named me. The angel showed us the spring of life. The angel was there to to guide us and help us. But he was never born of the supernatural. I want you to get it now. I want you to understand that the angel there was in charge of the whole church. Both the foolish and the wise virgins. And he moves in both of them. And he blesses both of them. And he honors both of them. But only one gets born of the supernatural. Only one goes through a body change so the promised son can come. Only one receives the experience of El Shaddai, God Almighty. So there is a church and there is a bride. Amen. Now, I want you just, I just want, I want you to go through this just for me, with me for a minute. Psalms 91 verse 11. Because I've been thinking a lot in this past week about the angel in charge. There is an angel in charge. Let me go back again. There is an angel specifically given to see this church into a rapture. There is an angel that guides the church into the tribulation and they're saved in the tribulation. There's an angel blessing. Now, hold this thought. Revelation, I mean, Psalms 91, verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in thy ways. Now, notice there is an angel given in charge to keep thee in the ways, in all thy ways. So, God had an angel that was given charge over this message. This message came by an angel. The anointing came by an angel. The gift came by an angel. I want you to get it now. And an angel has been given charge. Now, he would appear to Brother Branham and and commission him to take a message of divine healing and would lead him all the way to the opening of the seven seals where that we are today preaching from the full word of God, an open book, not a closed book. Now, and Brother Branham now has been gone as long as he was here, 56 years, but there was an angel that was, was, that was given charge over this message, and the word must come to pass. I just want to say to you, God cannot come here to the Laodicean age, the last age to the Gentiles, and find it too difficult, that they're too lukewarm, 
Too many Christ rejectors. Too many failures. Too many faults with her. And abandon this project. He cannot abandon redemption. He cannot back up on his word. He has to finish what he started. Are you with me? Now, you see, the angel appears to Abraham and separated um, Hagar and Ishmael from the other group, and there comes a separation. And then he appears to Sarah, discerns her hearts, and gets her to believe. And again, what was he doing? Turning her back to the original Pentecostal faith. Coming back to the original faith, the original word. And then he says, as he, as he comes into his certain heart, he said, I will return again according to the time of life. And Sarah shall bring forth a son. So he's watching over his word. Somebody help me preach. Amen. Even when they stray out of the promised land and go down to Gerar, and a young Philistine king wants to take Sarah and defile her, the angel in charge says, don't you touch her. You're a dead man unless you restore that man his wife, and that man is my prophet, and he's got to pray over you. What was it? An angel was in charge. He was watching over the seed. He was watching over the womb. He was watching over the promise. And I want you to know today, the angel has not forgot his promise. Hallelujah. I want you to remember, I don't care what's happening in the world. And your eyes are out here on Russia. And your eyes are out here on the the woke liberal agenda that they got. And their eyes are all here on the president. And your eyes are there. Turn your eyes back on the angel of God. And realize the angel of God is in charge. Hallelujah, the book of Revelation said he holds the four angels, hold the four winds of the earth, wars and strife, and he ain't gonna let it loose until he seals 144,000, and before that, he's gotta seal the bride and take her in the rapture into glory. Hallelujah! Are you with me? Amen. They, they can do nothing. Listen, listen, even until he gets Lot into the place. He said, I can do nothing until you come hither. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. You're worried about everything else. Don't worry about that. There's an angel in charge. You're worried about the deceptors and the deceiving. Don't worry. There's an angel in charge. There's young kings that want to take and take that womb for their own seed. But let me tell you, there's an angel in charge. I'll have a bride and she'll be without spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. He comes right there, discerns a heart. But he said, that ain't all you're going to see of me. I will return according to the turn of life, time of life. I'm telling you, it's the time of life. It's the hour of the change. It's the hour of the resurrection. We've talked about it. We've preached about it. We've believed about it, but we're here. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because I know, I know there's a people drawing from El Shaddai. 
and we draw on him until we are changed in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. Jesus, the promised son, like Isaac, must come. Somebody with me now. You know, sometimes we make a real mistake. We place it all in the past. We place it all in Brother Branham. We want to just say, here, Timothy, open that. Here, we, we, want, to, we want to say, um, you know, have some idea, you know, uh, you know, about it. Oh, it can only happen in Brother Branham. It can only happen in his ministry. And it only happened back then. And the pillar of fire, it's not present today. It's not, it's not for us today. Well, I want you to know there was a church had it long before Brother Branham had it. Came on the day of Pentecost. And let me just tell you what he said. The pillar of fire has nothing to do with me. I'm just a man. The pillar of fire is in the church, not only with me. It's with every one of you. It's in all of us. Hallelujah. When you were born of the Holy Ghost of the supernatural. Amen. The pillar of fire was given birth. And as it gave birth, tongues of fire came out of it. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Every one of you that's got the Holy Ghost has the pillar of fire residing in you. Hallelujah. The same one that was in the burning bush. The same one that appeared to Paul on the day on the road to Damascus. The same one, hallelujah, that appeared in our day and discerned the hearts and would make known the mystery. That same one is abiding in our church today. Mm, hallelujah. Amen. Abiding in a bride body because she is a supernatural people born of the supernatural birth. Now, here's what he said. I have nothing to do with it. He said, actually, he can fail to come tonight. I have nothing to do with it. It's your faith that believes that that brings it down here to present tense. Your faith that believes it that brings it to present tense. I have nothing. We don't, we don't need Brother Branham here to have it. Amen. Now your faith can bring him right to your pew. Right to your need. Right to your situation. Hallelujah. Your faith can cause the pillow of fire, the locals of God, the word of God to come right down to you. To your need. Psalm 69, 91 you see, when we live our lives in the shadow of the God, of the Most High God, our, makes Him our secret hiding place. We're shielded from harm. You know the, what that makes me think of? The holiest of holies. There were three approaches to God with Israel. There was the outer court, the inner court, and the most holy. In the outer court and the inner, and the inner court, it was all works. But in the inner court, uh, the most holy court, or somebody with me? Amen. It wasn't anything with works. In that place, amen, there was the Shekinah glory. Its light never went out. On the outside, on the outer court, the sun was the light, and it would get dim and cloudy days and, and rainy days and dreary days and ups and downs and ins and outs. 
Up there, their, their manna would grow old and, and breed worms and stink. That's what's wrong with a lot of them. They're on the outer cord and your experience gets maggots in it. Amen. And your light goes dim. You got it up and down, in and out experience. Same thing happens in the inner court. Justification, sanctification, now baptism of the Holy Ghost. Your approach to God, the most holy. And I want you to read here in Psalms 91. Let's talk about it just for a minute. I'll come back to that. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. Wait a minute. You did what? You mean a man-made temple don't, isn't your refuge? Your, pre, your preacher isn't your refuge? Your creed, your dogma is not your refuge? No, you had a supernatural birth. And yours is where the supernatural is. It's the very presence of God himself. It's not a gift. It's not, it's not a, just an anointing that comes and goes. It's him. And you have made the Lord your refuge. And you have made him your habitation. This is your dwelling place. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask what you will. This only comes by the Holy Ghost. It don't come by fasting and prayer and reading books of works and sanctification and holiness. It comes by a birth. Listen, Brother Bradham pulls a rapture from this verse. Let me, in, in Psalms chapter 27, verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord. Psalms 27, 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. Oh, that there be a people seek after this. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. All the days of my life. Not in and out and up and down. But a constant everyday walk with Christ. Hallelujah, that's a real Christian. Not just a Christian on Sunday and on and Wednesday and some other days he lives different. Amen, but oh, one thing I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord and in all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Verse five, for in the time of trouble, and we're here, he shall hide me in his temple dwelling place, his pavilion, in the shelter of his promises, he in the secret of his tabernacle, he shall hide me, he shall set me up on the rock, I'll be in the inner veil in the time of trouble. Somebody with me now? Amen, oh yeah, I'll be in the inner veil in the most holy, in the holiest of holies. You know what's in the holiest of holies is a lot different from the outside. In the holiest of holies, there, instead of an artificial light, like, like on the inside of the holy place, they had seven golden candlesticks. And if the oil got down and the, the, the lamb went dim and could go out, it was man-made. The wick could get dirty or burn over and the globe could, could get could get uh, dirty and smoked out. And that's what's the matter with a lot of people. Amen, you've had a a little fire of God and you've had a revival and you had a little experience, but 
you, you become smoky and you, you don't bright, it doesn't shine real bright and it loses its real glow. Don't give off the light it should. That's a lot of, what's the matter with a lot of you Christians that are backslidden in your experience. You ain't went far enough. Amen. You say, well, I need to clean the globe. No, don't go through works again. Go a little further with God. Come in behind the veil into the holiest of holies. Somebody help me preach. Amen. Because in that holiest of holies there, your light never goes out. It's a Shekinah glory. It's the pillar of fire. And it's always there. When it's cloudy outside, when there's war that is coming, when COVID is wrecking people's bodies, when people are running for fear, you are safe in God's pavilion. Hallelujah. You know who you are. You know where you come from. You know you're in the presence of the Almighty. You have made the Almighty God your habitation. You dwell in Him. He dwells in you. And you can ask anything in His name, and He's going to do it. Holiest of holies. They had manna there. Now, out here. That manna, they kept it over a day. You know, it had, they had to get it fresh every day. And if they didn't, they tried to keep it over one day, it bred worms and stank. That's what's wrong with a lot of church theology today. That's what's wrong with a lot of message theology. Nothing wrong with the manna, it's where it's kept. Amen. That same manna taken in the holiest of holies, it never goes old. It never breeds worms. It never stinks. It's for every generation. Hallelujah. God put it up in an omer and he said, I want you to put this in the holiest of holies so that every priest of every age, amen, can go in there and get the same thing that the original church had. You can get the Holy Ghost just like it was on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Amen. In the holiest of holies, that's where dead sticks come to life and bear fruit. Hallelujah. It's time you take your old dead stick that is backslidden and in a, in a lost condition, just withered up an old dead stick, bring it in the presence of the Shekinah glory, and it'll, it'll bring forth leaves, it'll bring forth fruit. Amen. It'll bloom in the presence of that pillar of fire. Hallelujah. I feel religious right now. Hallelujah. If it do any good, I'd speak in another language, but you wouldn't know what I said. But in the time of trouble, he'll hide us in the secret of his tabernacle. This is a rapture hour. This is a rapture place. I'm taking a people into an experience that's beyond the other ages. And I want you to look here in verse 10. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Well, we know what the plague is. It's death. It's the less plague that is hitting. And death is in the land and death is in the nation. Death is in our government. Death are in the churches. Death is in families. Death is in marriages. But I want you to know if you'll dwell in the secret of the Most High, there will be no evil plague strike your dwelling. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. There will not come nigh your dwelling. When the death 
angel comes and wipes out families, brings divorces, brings sickness, brings trouble, brings everything else. Brother, you're hiding under the shadow of the Almighty. You're in a place that is safe and secure. The Holy Ghost keeps you in the hour of your temptation. Hallelujah. Amen. Death ain't coming near you. I said death ain't coming near you. Spiritual death ain't striking this church. We're going in a rapture. We're going in an exodus. For he shall give his angel charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. There's an angel been given a charge about you. Hallelujah. I believe I can run and shout right now. Amen. Amen. He shall give his angels charge over you. Amen. To keep you in all your ways. And they shall bear thee up with their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Hallelujah. Jude said it this way in verse 24, not to him who that is able to keep you from falling than to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a church who's predestinated not to fall. Amen. A church who will overcome. A church who is victorious. Church. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread. Uh oh. Upon the lion and the adder. And the adder the dragon, and thou shalt trample under feet. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion, that's the one with strength. Not the old lion that's so crippled up, you know, he can't hardly make it. Or the young lion, amen, and the dragon, that thou shalt trample him under your feet. Hallelujah, brother, this is a word to you. You will walk unharmed amongst the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them under your feet. Hallelujah. Amen, this is a people that the angel has charged over. I'm gonna cause sickness to be under your feet. Why, you're even gonna triumph over death, hell and the grave. Amen, I'm gonna even change your body in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. I'm gonna even bring up the dead that's been in Christ. We're gonna have a complete total victory and even those we laid around in the grave for seven ages all the way 2,000 years will come up in young glorified bodies. Why? Because there's a people that have made him their habitation. This, this verse parallels Romans 16, 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. 
Say it hadn't happened yet, Brother Tim, but shortly it will. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, a lot of times people will come to me and they'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll be with you shortly. I said, you don't have to talk about my height. You don't have to make you keep making fun calling me shortly. But I'm telling you what, right now this is calling me shortly. Shortly? You may look little, you may look insignificant, you may look like nothing. But I'll tell you shortly, I'm gonna put devils under your feet. Hallelujah, you're gonna be more than a conqueror. You don't just be a conqueror, you're gonna be more than a conqueror. Little David's gonna bring down Goliath. He slayed the bear, he slayed the lion, and now he'll slay Goliath. And besides that, the grace, the grace, the favor of our Lord Jesus Christ is with you. The favor is upon you. Yeah, I bless the nomination and I bless them out there and I've done miracles for them, but I'm gonna really favor you. You're highly favored of the Lord because I tell you what, that, that holy thing that is conceived in the church is of the Holy Ghost. It came not by the works of man, but it came by the overshadowing of the Holy Ghost. Why is all of this? Because, here's the reason, because he has set his love upon me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Because he has set his love upon me. Psalms 91, listen to this. He said, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. And I will set him on high because he hath known my name. I have revealed myself to him. I am a personal God. He knows me by name. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. And we weren't baptized in some titles. We took on the very name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And what did he say? He said, he set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. This is why he's going to deliver the bride. Not because you've worked good and you've made everything right. You did everything perfect. You've always been good. It ain't that. It's because he set his love upon you. Hallelujah. When did he do that? Amen. Before the foundation of the world. He called you by election. He saw you in his mind. He shall call on me and I will answer him. He shall call upon me. I'm gonna answer his prayers. He shall call upon me. Whatever I ask in his name, he's gonna do it. Amen. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. Amen. I will honor him. And there ain't no greater honor than God going with you. Amen. Because yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. I know I'm his sheep. His rod and his staff comforts me. With long life, eternal life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You will enjoy the fullness 
not partial salvation, not a justified walk, not a sanctified walk, but the fullness of my salvation. Hallelujah. What an hour we're living in. What a day that we're in. Now, listen, a lot of this hybrid stuff ain't going to make it. It won't produce the crop. He would say of Ishmael, oh, that Ishmael might live before then. God said, I'll bless him. But that ain't who I'm after. Amen. I want one that is born not of your human strength. I want one born of the supernatural. I don't want one that's born up by work up or by theology. I want one that is born of the Holy Ghost. That make me their habitation. That I dwell in and they dwell in me. Well, brother, it's time we clean out the nest. Amen. It's time a lot of us start over again. Man, we, we've, we've sat on these old eggs long enough. Throw them old rotten eggs out and start over again. But start with the mate. Hallelujah. Start with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Start with the power of God. Amen. Start there until you got a nest full of eggs. But, brother, it ain't something that won't hatch. It's something to bring forth under the right atmosphere. You wonder sometimes, why is it that you can have the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost and the power of God moving and the great atmosphere and people sit there and rot? They didn't get with the mate. They're unfertilized. That's what's the matter with the churches. They don't have a, they, they can't believe in the supernatural power because they hadn't got nothing to believe with. Amen, but you know, how can you get faith out of a person that has nothing to have faith with? If you've never been born again in the Spirit of God, you don't know the first principle of the power of resurrection. So therefore, again, you know, it takes a supernatural birth. God's going to take a supernatural people who believes in a supernatural birth, in a supernatural rapture. Amen. And brother, when they come forth, they're going to come forth with life in them. You get some of these and they're born. And, and listen, I, I'm, I'm just going to take it for a moment. You know, you can, you can take a, and, and breed a, a sheep to a goat and they will actually, will conceive. It's called a geep. I've seen a lot of geeps in my ministry. They're not sheep, they're geeps. And a geep is a cross between a, 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 a sheep and a goat. And science, there's science, that, as I read upon it, there's science that still denied today that one ever breathed the breath of life. Said the chromosomes are off. They can't do it. They, all, they will bring forth, but it'll always be stillborn. And so they will be birthed. Now, you know, you can go up and Google and whatever else, and you might find somebody that claims it, but, you know, there again... You know, I, I'm just using it for type. Let me tell you, hybrid is not going to work. Are you with me? A mixing of creeds, a mixing, a mixing of dogmas with the, with the word is not going to work. It's got to be a, a, a birth of the word, and it's supernatural. It is not natural. It's supernatural. 
Amen. And so, you know, a mother can, she can be as loyal as she can be and hover over that age. And I see people, you know, ministers have churches and, and they're hovering over them and watching over them. And, you know, and, and they're turning them all the time. And, you know, come on to church. And what's the matter with you this week? Well, we were out of peanut butter. Why didn't you come? We were out of peanut butter. What did peanut butter have to do with it? Well, it's just excuse, a good excuse at any, isn't it? Well, you know, why didn't you come to church? Well, our dog died and our cat was mourning and we had to stay home and tend to the cat. All kinds of excuses. Well, come on back to church. Now, you can do better. You know, okay, your pornography, you know, now what you need to do is call me every time you think about it. You know, when you think about pornography, call me. Well, buddy, you'll be getting a buzz all the time. No wonder these preachers are wore out. Amen. Get them to Christ. <laughs> Brother Kenneth told me years ago when he was unconverted, he said, if you can go with me to work, if you'll go with me on my job, if you can go with me to, to, to the discount store, if you can go with me everywhere, I can live right. I said, I can't go with you everywhere. You need the Holy Ghost. And I'll tell you what, if you, you, you get with me, amen, I can't go with you when you're clothes shopping. Right. I, it ain't my job even to pick out your clothes. To see if they're holy or decent, or they're long enough, or they're too tight, or, or you know, they, they, they look like some sex queen. How do they make you look? Amen, that's not my job. It's not my job to go in your house and rip out your television and get that vision of hell out of there that you're feeding on. That's not my job to do that. It's the job of the Holy Ghost. Get the Holy Ghost. He'll go shopping with you. He'll pick out your clothes. He'll convince you of sin. He'll show you what's right and what's wrong. He'll deal with you about your, your unbelief. Amen. He'll be there to tell you, don't do this, don't do that. And everywhere you turn, he'll keep you from falling. You say, Brother Jim, I'm a Christian and I'm still tempted. Well, yeah, duh. You're always going to be tempted. Temptation is not sin. Jesus was tempted and didn't fall. But I know one who can keep you from falling. I know a power of the Holy Ghost. If you'll listen to him, you can walk right and talk right and do right. But Ishmael, he's going to balk at every promise. He'll balk at the word. He'll take some of it and he'll step into that and he'll balk at another. He's a donkey. I'm sorry to say it. He's a donkey. And he balks at it. And you can show him divine healing. He'll balk at divine healing. Or maybe he'll take divine healing but he'll balk at holiness. Maybe he'll take this part of the word but he won't take it all. But I want you to understand, we have come down to El Shaddai, the Almighty. The Almighty God, and he reveals himself as the breasted God. And that represents the Old and the New Testament. And you know, as a woman gives birth, it becomes filled, it becomes filled with, with milk to be able to feed the baby. And as God's given birth, he just opens up and unseals more of his word so that all the seven seals are open and the full nutrients that you're gonna to need to nurse on until your body change. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. You can come and nurse on the breast of El Shaddai. Amen. And every promise of God is yours. If it's Old Testament, if it's New Testament, it don't matter. Amen. It all comes and you nurse on it until your body is changed. What does that represent? The Holy Ghost. If you're a fretting child this morning and you've been sick, get on the mother's breast. Go to nursing the promise of God. Promise like, I'm the Lord God that healeth of all thy diseases. I will not send any of these plagues that are upon the Egyptians, upon you. Amen. Yeah, you say, Brother Tim, there's plagues on this. God didn't send them, so you got a right to cast them out. He said, I'll not put these plagues on you. God didn't put them on you. Cast it out. Amen. Sickness, he didn't put sickness on it. Cast it out. Amen. This angel that's in charge, he's concerned. He's concerned about you. He's concerned about your need. Amen. And let me tell you, he is here today. And he's the one who said that nothing would stand before your prayers, not even cancer. Cancer being one of the worst diseases that's known to man. And the angel said, nothing will stand in front of your prayers. Hallelujah. I tell you, we are a bunch of cancer defeating. Amen. Sin defeating. Overcoming people in this hour. We're not Ishmaelites. We're not children of the bondswoman. We're children of the free woman. And we're nursing from every promise of God. Hallelujah. Will you nurse from it this morning? Will you pull from it and say, I want more of that Holy Spirit in my life. I want more of Jesus. I want more than a blessing. I want more than a tongue. I want more than a gift. I want more than an emotion. I want to make you the habitation of my dwelling place. Stand together with me this morning. Let the musician come. I want you. I want to dwell in you and you and me. Amen. I want your word abiding in me. I want to be born of that word. I want to be secure in that word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you today. We thank you. Lord, I speak life to your people. Amen. I speak to the angel in charge. Lord, you promised that we would not dash our foot against the stone. You promised, Lord, to sustain us in the time of trouble. You promised that no weapon formed against us would prosper. You promised your blessings upon your children. I speak your blessings. I speak your promises. I speak life. As I speak it in the name of Jesus and prophesy over this people this morning, may they walk in victory and walk in love in Jesus' name. Amen. Just keep your heads bowed for a moment. Amen. How many would say this morning, I, I need to come in the presence of Almighty God, El Shaddai. I need there, I need that strength from him today. I need that strength giver. Come into me, Lord Jesus. Amen. He's there for you. The angel in charge is watching over your life this morning, looking at you. Coming by your way, seeing what you have need of. Coming to your pew. He'd come to the pews and he'd tell them their names, their address, where they come from, what their situation was. He can come to your pew this morning. He can speak to you in a real and living way. Let him speak to you. Father, 
Take the words that we spoke. You saw every hand that reached out to you. Minister to them today. In Jesus' name. I ask God that you'll bless them with the power of the Almighty. Let the shadow of the Most High come upon them. Let them hear you calling out their name. Yes, he named Ishmael, but he named Abraham and Sarah too, and Isaac. Yes, he blessed Ishmael. Yes, his blessings on us. His blessings on Sarah, the old ancient church who's been given a promise years ago. 2,000 years ago, you're going to bring forth a child. Lord, we got weak in faith. We disbelieved. Then you come and discerned our hearts and revealed to us your promise. Because you had to get us back to believing again, Lord. There's a bunch of people here today that are believing. As Brother Joe started out the service praying over little Drew, Lord, I think about the miracle that he's been. I think about the miracle of John Osteen with his daughter Lisa praying over that child and seeing the miracle. And she just opened up like a blossom to perfect health. Lord, I want to thank you for men of faith like Brother Joe who will believe the Word of God, proclaim it. I want to thank you for ministers like Brother Timothy, Brother Aaron, who believes the Word of promise. I want to thank you for a believing church that creates an atmosphere where all things are possible. I want to thank you, Lord, that there can be a man can walk in this building laden with sins, drugs, and alcohol, and tobacco. And James Lingo be able to say it's been a year and I hadn't touched a bit of it. And I'm just so glad to be a Christian. Hallelujah. I want to thank you for young men and young women that have caught the fire of God, that are living in the Shekinah glory. And the world is shut out and they're shut in with you. And I want to thank you. You're working in our midst. And I speak healing in the name of Jesus. I speak healing against cancers, diseases, afflictions of God's people. I don't care. We name the name. The name means nothing to God. They have to bow at the name of Jesus. Satan, you got to leave in the name of Jesus. I call for you to leave the church of God. And they be delivered this day. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my, I feel just like I did that day when Atlanta ran around this building. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. He's here right now to deliver you. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has anointed me to open the eyes of the blind, the deaf. He has anointed me to set them who are in prison, set them free. We are anointed people, anointed by the Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Play that song, I'm one of them. I want you to start with, there are people 
almost everywhere. There are people, they're almost everywhere. They're over down in South Africa, listening in over in Africa. There are those that are writing me from India. From around the world, there's an awakening going on. They're not following a personality cult. They're getting in love with Jesus. There's something burning in their heart and they're not gonna stop with the ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. They're not gonna stop with the gift of the Spirit. They're gonna have the giver himself. I'm not making fun of them, that's what they said. But let me say this, there are those people You can find them most anywhere. Their hearts are truly on flame. With that fire that fell at Pentecost, which cleansed and made them clean. How many can testify this? It is burning. Oh yes, it's burning. You can't put it out, Satan. Preaching this 52 years now, and I ain't burned down yet. It's still burning. It's still burning. It's still burning. Hallelujah. It'll burn in your heart too. It'll change you. Hallelujah. One day it'll consume this whole body. You know, Brother Branham said in one place, he said, There's coming a phoenix. He said, there's coming a phoenix one day. Another phoenix. And I thought, oh my. Is he talking about the city? What's he talking about? Well, the city phoenix was named after a bird in Greek mythology. It was a big bird like an eagle. And this bird would live for a long time, but then it would get old and its feathers frazzled. And his eyesight would get dim and it'd get where it couldn't fly in the heavens anymore. And it would get down till it was finally earthbound and it looked like in a moment when it was just about to die, a fire would come out of that phoenix and consume the old bird and a new one would fly right out of it. <laughs> Hallelujah! Amen. I believe there's a phoenix this morning, the coming of the Lord Jesus. With that fire that's on the inside of you, it's going to consume the outside, and out of there will come a new body. Well, just wait till you see me in my new home. You ain't seen nothing yet. Hallelujah. You talk about shouting, dancing, rejoicing. I'm going to do it. When these bars of bones open up, and it ain't just death that's going to do that. The chains will do it too. Well, there are people. They're almost everywhere. Whose hearts, they're all flame. With the fire that fell 
at Pentecost, which cleansed and made him clean, and it is burning now within my heart. All glory to his name. Can you say glory to his name? I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Come on, sing it now. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Yes, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Well, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I'm so glad 